Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor here. If uh, you're new with us or if you're online, then uh, welcome. Glad that you're here. And um, just want to say um, how proud I am of our church. Um, we've done this year in and year out. So if you put a box together uh, for Operation Christmas Child, then thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> you never know um, the impact that you'll make, um, sometimes even across the world. Uh, through this kind of ministry. So um, this is our dedication Sunday. Um, and I just want to say thank you in that these will be going uh, to the distribution center uh, this week. So um, again, if for some reason you still have one of those, you're like, I didn't, I didn't get it done yet. That's okay. You can bring it by tonight uh, if, um, if you'd like to do that. And then we'll add them with the rest, okay? <clears throat> and so today, um, hopefully you've had a good weekend celebrating uh, maybe spending some time with a family member who's a veteran. Um, I want to take some special time to recognize those. Um, and if you would, if you're thinking about my family, um, our girls have been sick uh, this week, and um, so I've been trying to take care of them, and they're not here this morning because of that. Um, <clears throat> and so we'll be in our series. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn. Proverbs chapter 14. Uh, we're going to continue to be in Proverbs until the end of this series, and we'll take a look at the book of Ecclesiastes to close it out here in a few weeks. Uh, but today we'll be talking about honor. Um, hopefully um, fitting for the weekend, and uh, maybe as you honored um, those who had served. Um, <clears throat> I was out just trying to take care of a few things, errands, as uh, the girls weren't feel- feeling well. And um, one of the times I was out, <clears throat> I, uh, I saw a veteran. So normally they, a lot of those guys, especially older guys, will wear their hats. And um, so I, I said, hey, I wanted to thank you for your service. And um, he said, thank you so much. Not everybody recognizes that today. And uh, it's so important for us as a nation um, and as God's people as well um, to celebrate freedom, a place that we can come and worship because we live in a free place. And that came at a high cost. And so we, again, we should celebrate that. And so the phrase I want you to remember is it starts with our hearts. Um, honor is a, an interesting thing. Um, if we don't honor something, it's very clear in our actions. Uh, but it really starts with our hearts, um, what we honor and what we value. And so before we get into the text, I, I want to take an opportunity just to do that. Let's do a little recognition. Um, there's going to be a video that's going to play, and I'm going to come back up, and we'll recognize a few of our guys that are here this morning, okay? They come in all colors, ages, and genders. They come from all walks of life. They deliver our mail teach in our schools, repair our cars, coach our children's little league teams. They are the fabric of America. They are the faces of freedom. They are veterans. Some served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, or Coast Guard. Some served as pilots, mechanics, soldiers, medics, or cooks. Some volunteered, Others were drafted. Some served in times of war, others in times of peace. Much was asked of them, and great was their sacrifice. We are proud of the men and women who defended our nation's freedom. They are our veterans, and we are There you go. Hopefully you uh, connected with somebody who is a veteran, maybe a family member. Uh, both my grandfathers served as well. And so what I'd like to do now is um, just take the opportunity to recognize um, some of our guys. We'll have some slides up there. 
Um, <clears throat> first, I want to recognize this Todd Schrager. So you can stand up if you wanted to, Todd. You don't have to if you don't want to. Let's give Todd a hand. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I know the guys don't like the attention, but I just wanted us to take a moment to do that. Um, and so I had Todd send me some pictures, and uh, he served in the Navy, and um, I just think it's interesting, we'll see, uh, we have uh, guys who have served in uh, almost every decade, the last like 40 years, just here in our service this morning, so it's really cool uh, to think about that, and so Todd served most recently, and I can't remember, Todd, is that a picture, of, are you, is that a Rochester Americans game? That's so cool, uh, he's there, he got to drop the, the puck there um, on the ice, uh, so that is awesome, and you can kind of see um, some of the things he's done if you read uh, up there. Uh, but Todd, thank you for your service. Thank you for being here and being a part of our church family. Um, the next is Travis Warner. Now, I don't know where he went. Maybe he ran. <laughs> he's in the back. Okay. So he's at the back. He's standing. If we can give uh, Travis a hand as well. Uh, served, <clears throat> yeah. served in the Air Force. Um, you won't see him at the front very often because he's in the back normally helping out with the tech. Uh, so you make sure you thank him uh, before the end of the day. So just kind of some of the cool stuff these guys have worked on and done. Uh, radar stuff, I love that. Um, just helping out in different spaces. Uh, and then uh, Greg Dombowski, he's not here this morning, uh, but we can go ahead and give him a hand as well uh, for his service. <clears throat> see some of the things that Greg has done. Really um, an interesting guy um, up in Alaska and worked with... Uh, explosives and uh, basically dearming or disarming things that uh, people put places that they should not. And so we should be very thankful for people like that. There's a lot of people out in the world who want to do us and others a lot of harm. And um, that's just cool. I kind of see some of the things our guys have done in the past. And uh, last but not least, David Gray. Let's give David hands. So... uh, He did it briefly, so I know he served for a number of years, but in 1969, and somebody told me that David was Marine. This was when I first (laughs) got here to the church, and I said, David was Marine? He's like one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and uh, so you know that's true about David uh, for sure. And so um, all of our guys uh, really served in a lot of different spaces and areas, and so we should be thankful for them and what they've done. So um, let's give them one more hand, and then uh, we'll end the service. So, yeah, thank you guys. And so today, we're, we're back in our wisdom series, and uh, we've been in this for a few weeks, and Solomon gives his son's instructions about wisdom. How do we uh, rightly honor it? It seems like as a culture, we've departed really, really in a bad way from this, and we'll see that this starts with our hearts too, right? If we can't honor simple things, if we can't honor those who are due honor, like those who have served in the military, um, those who are veterans, those who are currently serving, then, then how can we honor in more important spaces? Uh, it always just kind of kind of blows my mind or upsets me. I don't know which word to use for it. Um, I was talking with Alana about it this morning. Um, I said, what do you do every day in school? I say the Pledge of Allegiance, right? That's an important part of who we are as a nation and as a people, but those are simple things that we do for our nation, and we start to take those for granted uh, we depart in a lot of bad ways, and so Solomon's going to remind us that there's, there's someone in particular, God, that we need to honor, but if, if we don't honor him, if we don't do things right in our hearts in regards to right reverence towards people and towards God, then a lot of things go badly as a society, right? We don't value those things, um, and then we wonder why um, things become so difficult, right? Things go badly <clears throat> because we don't place high importance on these things. And so the first fill in the blank is going to be honor by reverence. Honor by reverence. We see this throughout the Proverbs. We're going to keep coming back to 
fear the Lord, have reverence for the Lord. There's a reason for this. Um, <clears throat> God is teaching us uh, in a lot of ways how we should operate in the rest of the world to show honor where it's due. It's like the, the older gentleman who I talked with this week um, who, <clears throat> whenever you say this to uh, an individual, maybe somebody who's wearing their service hat, uh, a lot of times they'll start to get teary-eyed, right? Because we, we just don't do that enough anymore as a culture, right? We don't say thank you for your service. We should do that. And in the same way, Solomon says this here about God. He says in verse 26, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have refuge. So <clears throat> we shouldn't take this for granted that, that where does our ultimate refuge come from? Well, it comes from God and it says that we have this strong confidence. This mitau in the Hebrew means to trust or have refuge or have security. <clears throat> I like thinking about it as well this week. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was a tragic event that took place in Dallas at an air show. It involved um, two uh, basically older aircrafts with some veterans. And um, uh, those kind of things are really sad to see because I'm always reminded. And we're, we're driving down the road and we see the streak in the sky uh, and, and we have to go remember who's up there, right? Uh, we live in a free nation, but it comes at a high cost and it comes with those who are constantly serving, right? We're not just safe because, right? Uh, we're safe because there are things that are going on that we don't always see, right? And so we look at the sky, and I always remind Alana and, the, and Hannah, we're going by, and say, you see that up there? There's somebody up there, right? And we know ultimately God is, but we live in a free place because of this, and we have security. And so Proverbs 14.2 says, whoever walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. So there's a way that we should operate, and it's not in dishonor, it's not in shame. So we'll see that at the end of this text, or this section of text that we're looking at today, that there's this opposition to honor, and it's shamefulness. There's a way that people act that's shameful, that's dishonorable, and it's not honorable, right? So we need to compare those two as we walk through this, because in verse 27, we see there's this reverence. What does it produce in our lives? Well, it produces this quality of life. It says in verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. And this word here for life is a makor in the Hebrew, and it means of a joy and purification. So this reverence for the Lord, like if we can't start with the Lord, if we can't start with our hearts and go, um, there is this ultimate source of authority that I need to have reverence for uh, in my life, uh, because, (laughs) well, in every other space, we wonder why we've departed so heavily from honoring. We wonder why people kneel at the national anthem, and it's like, you know, okay, we, we may have lost our way a little bit here, right? And we, we, we leave God in the dust, we leave respect and reverence for Him, and then we wonder why everything else goes kind of crazy as a culture, right? Well, it starts with Him. And then in verse 28, there's this understanding that the world has, and uh, Solomon touches on it. He says, in a multitude of people is the glory of a king, but without people a prince is ruin. So Solomon says, look, you can gain following, you can gain status, you can, you can grow, you can become a nation, and you can get honor that way, right? And, and it's not like he's even saying this, like, if you feel like it, you don't have to. No, he's going, in a nation, there should be respect and honor. There should be um, uplifting of those who serve, who govern, and do those things. Uh, we just had elections this week, and whether or not you were disappointed with the outcome, the truth is that we still are governed, right? We still operate on a system of governance. And so Solomon says, like, with the multitude of people is the glory of a king. Without people, a prince 
is ruined. So he doesn't, he doesn't even go, you can honor if you feel like it. Because in most nations, especially ancient cultures, like nobody, when, when somebody would say, let's say the national anthem or um, let's honor those who have served, like nobody would be going, I don't feel like that today. <laughs> so I don't know if you've studied ancient, ancient culture, but I, I won't get into it. People didn't get treated well, let's just say that, um, who didn't honor and, and give proper respect where it was due. And so Solomon doesn't even make this a question. He just goes, hey, we need to have reverence for the Lord, and with a multitude of people, with a nation, there's going to be respect. There's going to be honor, okay? should be a given for us. And, and so I was thinking about this phrase, if, <clears throat> if you have a hard time remembering anything else, I know I do, from the message time. Uh, think about it like this. In a time of great dishonor, we need to know what it looks like to live honorably. And where does it start? Well, it starts with our hearts, right? We can pretend a lot of things. We can fake a lot of things individually, as a culture, but those things start to come out, right? What we really believe, what we really value, and it's shaping who we are. And so the second thing here is um, honor through tranquility, right? So we've got um, honor by reverence. Again, these things should just be a given. We should have reverence for God. Um, We should have reverence for the nation that we live in and for the people who serve and protect and govern. Uh, And then the second thing here is that we should have honor through tranquility. And how does this happen? Well, I, I love the pictures. I was just kind of studying, getting things ready for um, today. Um, I came across, across this. If you don't know what that is, that's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, and so <clears throat> just a little bit of background. A few days ago, they would have celebrated the 101-year uh, anniversary of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And so this is located in Arlington County, Virginia, across uh, the Potomac River from Washington, D.C., <clears throat> and it's where the remains of those who served overseas uh, and, and were un- unidentified were brought back. And you would think, that I mean, is that really a place that we would hold in great honor and respect and, and reverence? It's actually one, I mean, if you've ever been there, um, it, <clears throat> it's kind of cool to watch and to see. And I was doing some research on it. And since 1937, the, this tomb has been guarded 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Like, that's a lot of manpower, right? And more than that, these guys have to go through extreme rigorous training in order to have the opportunity to serve on this honorary guard. I thought, how cool is that? I would spend my time uh, guarding the tomb of the unknown soldier. What a great honor for that. Uh, and so <clears throat> we give great honor to things like this, uh, but then we don't in other spaces. And I'm just like, why are we so confused? Like, why are we so confused as a culture, but because when we come back to the real place that we should honor, the most important place being God, <clears throat> we have a hard time with that. And so Solomon's going to elaborate any more here <clears throat> because this absence of tranquility, this absence of peace, and, and what the Hebrew tells us in the Old Testament, this shalom, shalom we, uh, <laughs> if we don't have access to this, we don't know God, we won't have reverence and respect for, we won't honor anything else. So Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. We have honor through tranquility. In verse 29, it says, Whoever slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has hasty temper exalts folly. <clears throat> so where there's dishonor and shame uh, and foolishness, those are pretty obvious, right? <laughs> the opposite of honorable action and behavior uh, is pretty obvious to it. We see it and we just go like, why? Like, why does it have to be like that? Um, it's not hard to see. I think about like... Um, yeah, I think about like this tomb right here, the, the guards who are there, uh, but then you go to other places like where, where guards are supposed to be very reverent, and um, they're not supposed to say anything or do anything, and there's all those videos people post about like yelling at them or trying to make them laugh. Well, that's not very honorable behavior, right? And those guys are there for a reason, and to be respected and to guard whatever they're supposed to be guarding it. 
Matthew Henry, uh, when he was uh, in his commentary, when he talked about verse 29, he said this. He said, Meekness is wisdom. He rightly understands himself and his duty and interests, the infirmities of human nature and the constitution of human society, who is slow to anger and knows how to excuse the faults of others as well as his own. We have a hard time with that, right? We kind of live in a culture of, um, uh, of blast everybody's mistakes everywhere, right? We're not very forgiving, and we're not very merciful. And so that follows. Without this peace, without this shalom, without this um, tranquility, uh, because we don't treat the rest of the world like that, right? Uh, should we be surprised when honor is something that we have a hard time with as a culture? Hopefully we don't. But then he says in verse 30, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. This is another word for life here in the Hebrew, the kehi, and it means a flowing of fresh water or a growing of green vegetation. So this tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. But what envy makes the bones rot? So honor comes through tranquility ultimately in our hearts. Like, like if we don't have reverence for God, if we don't serve the one true God, then everything else falls apart. How does honor for anything else make sense? And I think that's why for us as believers, um, we should be the greatest uh, proponents of uh, celebrating and honoring those who, uh, who lead and who have either paid the ultimate price or who have served and come back, right? That's why we should be about honor. And so Solomon in the same way, he says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. There's a way that people live um, who are just unhappy, who are not honorable, who only act foolishly, and uh, Solomon highlights this here. In fact, if you go to the next chapter in Proverbs 15, 8, it says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but especially reading the quiet time this morning as Andy talked about that, I don't want to be a people that like God looks at or others look at and then they just go like, what happened? That was the story of the Galatians, right? Paul's like, well, uh, you heard the gospel, but I'm not sure what happened. So you've, you've uh, departed. You've, you've gone to all these other false gospels. You need to turn away from that. You need to come back to the truth, right? Truth seems to be a relative term right now, but the good news is that the prayer of the upright is acceptable to God. So the question is, are we upright? Do we celebrate what's right? Do we honor the things and the people who we should, especially the Lord? And then in verse 31, it says, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. This is a really, I mean, the holiday season, we're kind of coming into this. Uh, it's a great time for us to, what, like go around crazy shopping, trying to get everything for everybody on our list that will make them happy? Hopefully not, right? Maybe some things, maybe some good stuff, right? The kids are hoping like, oh, I'm waiting for that good present under the tree. But what else can we do? Well, Operation Christmas Child, right? That's one of them. <clears throat> As I was um, going through this this morning, Alana and I were talking about it, and um, I read this passage, and she goes, <clears throat> Dad, it's kind of like the food drive we're doing at school. So something got sent out this week um, for Elba, and so they're collecting a lot of goods and things for Thanksgiving meals for families um, that are less fortunate. And she said, is that what we're supposed to be doing? I said, yeah, that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing, right? It's why we do this. It's why we give out of our abundance. And why Solomon says, I mean, he said this all these years ago, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. 
<clears throat> this wasn't even a question in Solomon's mind in his time in his culture. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to address people dishonoring those who served in the military. He wasn't trying to address people who were dishonoring those in leadership because people weren't doing that in their culture, right? This was not a norm. And so he's going like, he was addressing those who might dishonor the needy, those who might dishonor those who, who are living in want, and which was maybe more of what people did in that time. But he goes, even with this, even with the poor man, he goes, don't, ins- don't oppress him because you're insulting his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Like we're supposed to be going like over and above. Nobody should look at us as believers and be like that. They don't really honor rightly. They don't take care of people. We should be going that extra step. So if we want to honor the Lord, then we're going to be meeting needs, right? And these are just simple ways that we do it, right? It's not hard. It's like, you know, get some food for the food drive. Pack a, pack a Christmas box for a kid that's across the world somewhere. You'll never meet, right? We like instant gratification and needs that are met immediately and things that make us feel good like right then, right? It's okay if we never meet that person, if we never see that person. Solomon didn't question these things. And like he, this is why he talks about this peace and this tranquility, um, this shalom that we have access to as the people of God. It comes from this. I mean, do we really believe it in our hearts that this is right, that we do these things for a reason, that we honor even the needy, right? God says this is an honorable thing. Don't even question giving honor to those who uh, honor is due, but even for the poor, the downcast. We should be treating them well as well in meeting needs. And in verse 32, he says, the wicked is overthrown through his evil doing, but the righteous finds refuge in his death. This is basically just Solomon's way. He's like, well, God's going to take care of business no matter what, right? You can choose what side you're on. He addresses the importance of honor and reverence for God and this place that we can have true tranquility, that we can have access to this peace, but it comes with living a certain way, right? It comes with not being all about ourselves. Interestingly enough, that's what Solomon continued to try to push, and he said, God's going to take care of it. In Proverbs 26, 8, he says, it says, like one who binds the stone in the sling is the one who gives honor to a fool, right? People act foolishly um, who do not give honor where it's due. They, they generally don't get honor given to them, right? If we don't respect authority, if we don't follow those who are in positions of authority over us, and maybe that's even spiritually. Like I, like I feel like maybe we're even in a worse place spiritually as a culture because we don't give that authority to anybody, right? We don't look to the older, wiser, more godly individual and go, hey, I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I, let me hear some more about that, right? We're we're not in discipleship relationships. We're not having people invest in us that we need to, right? And maybe for you today, you're just like, yeah, I need to do that, or I need to be doing that. Maybe you're a seasoned believer. God might be calling us out to do some more of that, right? And so here's the last thing. We think about this. Where does it start? Well, it starts in our hearts, uh, this honor that God gives. So honor in righteousness. Honor in righteousness. That's the third fill in the blank. Starting in verse 33, honorable behavior is somewhat obvious. In fact, I would say that foolish behavior is even more obvious. Um, uh, In verse 33, it says, Wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding, but it makes itself known even in the midst of fools. You go to the word order there. It makes itself uh, known in the midst even in foolish behavior. how do we make sense of this? How do we look at a culture that constantly disrespects, that mocks, everything is a joke, nothing is um, honorable, nothing is something that we should celebrate? We look at that and we go, are we surprised? Maybe not. 
But what are we going to do about it? Well, he says, wisdom rests in the heart of a man of understanding, but it makes itself known even in the midst of fools. Dishonorable behavior. I think the world sees that as well and, um, and is not surprised when at times we reap the benefits of that, which are not good benefits and we don't honor, when we don't respect, we don't uh, make sure that authority is present in our lives. Verse 34, um, honorable behavior is, is revealed at a national level too. And I think this is the thing that should really scare us more than anything. Like if we can't get the simple things of like saying the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, not taking a knee at the national anthem or whatever else, uh, then this should be very clear to us. Uh, verse 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Like there are things that go on in the world that we see that are just wrong, right? And at times, even in our culture, like we write off things that are dishonorable as acceptable, or they're just expressing themselves, right? But, but should we not stand up to those things? And I'm not saying violently or like protesting. I'm, I'm just saying like standing up and going, there's a reason that we do this. There's a reason that we celebrate and honor those who have served. There's a reason that we first and foremost honor the Lord, that we have reverence for Him. Because there's this objective uh, moral source of, a true, of authority and life in our lives, and it's not ourselves, thank goodness. Like if I just did what, what I always thought was the best thing to do, things wouldn't go well, right? If I just thought, hey, this thing is a good idea, I think I'm going to do it. No, we, we think about things, right? We go, if I have respect and honor, reverence towards a God who made the universe, then, then I think He knows best, even if it's not always what I want, even if it's not always what I think is right. Because what happens to a nation? Well, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. What happens? Eventually, at the national level, this becomes clear that, uh, that our practice of dishonorable behavior, of foolishness, it goes badly, right? And I know at times it feels like we're like, we're, we keep plugging the holes like on a ship that's going down. And I just want to encourage you that no matter what happens, right, no matter who's in any position of authority, um, no matter who we're asked to give reverence and respect for and honor, um, God calls us out to do this. And it's this righteousness that exalts a nation, right, that lifts the people up uh, who give honor and respect where it is due. But sin definitely becomes very noticeable at a certain point, doesn't it? Right, when it corrupts, when it destroys. And Solomon knew this. He was giving a warning. And the interesting thing is that even after Solomon did all of this, what happens? His son, who he commissions, Rehoboam, takes the throne. And if you've read through the historical account, what does Rehoboam do? He has this choice. And he says, I will either submit to or listen to the authority of the wise counsel that's been placed by my father Solomon. Or I'll say goodbye to these guys, and I'll institute my own group of guys who are the same age, my peers, uh, and then I, th- I think I'll ask them what I should do on matters of national security and honor. And, and what happens? Well, things go pretty badly for the people of God, because what happens? All of this Solomon was reminding his sons of, and Rehoboam just threw it out the window when he got the reins, right? He said, no, honor due, respect due, authority due, not so important. And I think I know better. Well, what happens? I don't want you to forget that. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Verse 35, a servant who deals wisely has the king's favor, but his wrath falls on the one who acts shamefully. And I ended it here for a reason. Um, As I was praying through this, it says, but his wrath falls on the one who acts shamefully. 
Sometimes I think too, as, as we're thinking about like that ship, they're like, we're, we're doing all we can to, to, to try to make things right, to live honorably, to be respectful, to serve the Lord and have reverence for Him. And that's all God's asking us to do, okay? Because what does He say here? But His wrath falls on the one who acts shamefully. What should we do? A servant who deals wisely has the king's favor. And I wonder what Solomon was thinking when he wrote that. Was he thinking about himself or was he thinking about God? A servant of the Lord, maybe, who acts, what, wisely, who deals wisely, has the king's favor, but his wrath falls on the one who acts shamefully. Man, I mean, as a people, as a church, and we should be praying, right? We should be praying for those um, who are leading, and we should be praying for those who have served. We should give honor where honor is due. But ultimately, it starts with our hearts. I mean, can we have this right perspective um, and just not get discouraged, right, as we think the ship's going down. As we're, as we're plugging holes, um, God's got all of it in his hands anyway. So I had various things from people this week uh, of just discouragement. I'm going, you know what? Like, no matter what happens, like, God's got this. Let's worry about doing what we should be doing right now, which is what? Maybe we should just worry about dealing wisely, right? We should worry about honoring God in our own lives and, and leave the results up to him, right? Leave shameful behavior up to him. Um, I saw this, uh, I saw various signs this week, and one was um, vote for so-and-so, save the state, right? And there's nothing wrong with those ca- campaigns. Let's make things better. Let's, let's do things in a better way. But then I thought, like, what would it look like if there was a sign that said, trust in Jesus, save our country, right? Or save our state. And we don't see as many of those, but, uh, but it just kept coming back to my mind, like, like there's a man or a woman who can maybe do things better for a culture or a society, a state, a country, we know that's true, but at the end of the day, like, where do we really put our hope and our faith and our trust in? Who are we going to honor? Well, first of all, we need to honor the Lord, right? We need to have reverence for Him. Solomon's going to keep coming back to this reverence, tranquility, and righteousness. That's where our focus should be. So, in a time of great dishonor, we might say that's true, we need to know what it looks like to live honorably. Where does it start? We should start in our own hearts. Let's not worry about everything else that's going on. Maybe just worry about our own lives and how we can honor the Lord with those, okay? I'll close with this. Um, I keep coming back to this. I don't know why. Uh, It's a speech that George W. Bush gave at the Flight 93 Memorial. Um, And uh, it was about a year, a little over a year ago, I guess. And this was about uh, those who served. I just wanted to read it because I thought it was cool. Be a good way to close. Um, It says this. It's a quote from him. The cause you pursued at the call... of duty is the noblest America has to offer. You've shielded your fellow citizens from danger. You've defended the beliefs of your community, of your country, and advanced the rights of the downtrodden. You've been the face of hope and mercy in dark places. You've been a force for good in the world. Nothing that has followed, nothing can tarnish your honor or diminish your accomplishments. To you and to the honored dead, our country is forever grateful. So let us give honor due. To where it's due, right? And everywhere else, especially to the Lord, because it starts with our hearts. And Proverbs 21, 21 says, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. And so maybe you're here today, and um, <clears throat> you didn't know this would be quite so patriotic, <laughs> but it has been this morning. Um, a little bit of a change, and I'm glad for that. But as we look at the text and we think about how God wants us to honor not just those in positions of service, which we should, those who have. But how do we honor the Lord? How do we live rightly? How do we honor Him? 
and not act shamefully as a culture presses on us so hard. I think about what George W. Bush said. Uh, he said, nothing can take away your honor for those who have served, and that's very true. But I wonder what will never take away our honor for eternal life and like what God has done for us. And, and maybe you're here today and you're wondering, like, I, I want to be close to the Lord. I don't know how to do that. I've been doing this thing. And maybe you're listening online, you're here in person. And I just want to share this as I normally do before we close and just give you this opportunity. Maybe you've never put your faith and trust in God. Maybe you don't know what it is to really truly honor someone who is supremely powerful, the creator of the universe, God. It's as easy as this. We admit we're sinners. We believe that Jesus is God's son, that he sent him to die on the cross for our sins, and he spilled out his blood for us so that we could have eternal life. Scripture tells us if we confess that with our mouths, we'll have eternal life. And guess where that honor, just like what George W. Bush said, that honor that we receive through becoming a child of God never goes away eternally, and we get to be with him forever. And that's the good news that we have. It's why we get together and we celebrate it, all right? Let me pray for us and we'll close. Father, we thank you uh, for your word, uh, for um, today, for the uh, honor that you extend to us. Uh, We're thankful as we celebrate this weekend for those who have uh, paid the ultimate price for those that we have in our congregation who um, served our nation, uh, who protected freedom. Um, We thank you very much for that. Thankful that we're in a place where we can celebrate freely. Um, God, I just pray that if anybody's here today who doesn't know you, who, who has never known what it would be like to experience that honor of being a child of God, we pray that uh, as this extension of your family, um, there be those here who would receive that for the first time maybe. Um, God, if there's anyone I'm here who's struggling, pray that they would find hope um, in you, um, find hope in this place as we belong to you. Thank you for your love. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, church family. I hope you have a a wonderful weekend and time together. And um, look forward.